Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Check out The Projection Booth, Wednesdays on iTunes and ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. Should we have a series of hand signals, Aaron? For what? Oh, we're recording. Oh, so you can no, just whatever. you look like you're doing something. You ready to go? Like live. Yeah, I am ready to go. All right, gang. Here we go. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Show 113. 113. Oh. 113. Oh. I just wow. read that it's the 30th prime number. Ah. Nice. <laughs> and also what you dial if you're in Indonesia and your house is on fire. Oh, interesting. Uh, uh, great one. One for the ages on tap today. I'm Chris. Yes. I'm Aaron. I'm Jay. I'm or- Scott. I'm Thurgood Marshall Mather. Oh, yeah. Thurgood, Marsh- Thurgood Marshall Mathers. <laughs> our, our legal <laughs> analyst for the day, Thurgood Marshall Mathers. Yes. And hey, Pleasure thanks for here. having me again on here, guys. I was on the Weedsman one oh, before, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Welcome. Scott Boyink. Yeah, welcome. To Proprietor welcome. of Hype Ignition. And, and I just uh, killed all their coffee, too, so we're going to have a little... Bitch. Friend to musicians. Couldn't do that before. Maker of t-shirts. I speak yeah. musician. Yeah, maker of yes. t-shirts. Fluently. Drinker yes. of coffee, smoker of cigarettes. Actually, Thurgo was just uh, mentioning how much he liked this shirt. Oh, I yeah. Do, yeah actually. Well, he'll he'll yeah. get one. Yeah. Detroit pretending shit's all good since... 1701. 1701. All right. what it says. Yeah. <laughs> Available at hypescreenprint.com. Oh, yeah. There you go. It's the like uh, a city emblem. Yeah, it's an emblem. Yeah, yeah, that was the word I was looking for. Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing Unregimented on Facebook and following Unregimented on Twitter at Unregimented Pod. If you like Unregimented, please tell a friend to visit ChristopherMedia.net. You can subscribe to Unregimented on iTunes for free just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. You can also show your support for Unregimented when you buy something on iTunes just by clicking through the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. It won't cost you anything extra, and it shows your support for Unregimented. While you're on iTunes, please remember to write a review and rate Unregimented five stars. Just click on the iTunes banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Android users can listen to Unregimented for free at ChristopherMedia.net by clicking on the Stitcher radio player on our homepage. You can also listen to Unregimented for free at TuneIn.com or by downloading their free TuneIn radio app. Don't forget, you can always listen to Unregimented for free across any platform just by going to ChristopherMedia.net. Make sure to check out all of the podcasts on ChristopherMedia.net. Mondays and Fridays, you have Unregimented. Reach us at Unregimented Pod on Twitter. Tuesdays and Fridays, you have the Weedsman Podcast. Find those guys at the Weedsman 420 on Twitter. Wednesday, you have the Projection Booth, projection-booth.com, or at Pro Boothcast on Twitter. Saturday, you have the Captain's Table at Captain's Podcast on Twitter. You can also check out one of our new shows, well, new to us. It's the Ugly Club Podcast. It's another movie podcast, but these guys go with more of a theme each week rather than just one movie. You can check them out at Ugly Club Podcast on Twitter or UglyClubPodcast.com. If you like Unregimented and want to show your support for Unregimented, you can donate to Christopher Media by clicking through the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click through the Amazon banner at ChristopherMedia.net and bookmark the link. It won't cost you anything extra, and when you buy something, you will show your support for Unregimented. If you're looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net that's who we use to host Unregimented. When you sign up for HostGator by clicking through the banner at ChristopherMedia.net, you are helping to support Unregimented. From WHYY in Philadelphia, <laughs> this is fresh air. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I guess we should no, this would be dirtier. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Welcome to L.A. Sky. <laughs>
This is Detroit. It's called Jason Gerlf is an angry man from Roseville. From Roseville. We don't mention my. Who last beat another man with a table leg recently? <laughs> I, I he wrote about it in his new memoir. My last by Simon and Schuster. My last violent encounter was a, a spit slap. Oh yeah, right. Seven Eleven. Give or receive. No, it was actually I gave one right. at Speedway. Oh Speedway. <laughs> yeah. Anybody in particular, or just Dude random was people? Fucking with me, like grab me, grab me by, like push me, grab me by my sh- hoodie and shit. I was ignoring him, totally ignoring him. Why was he doing this? I, well, he was standing in the doorway when I was walking in, and I said, excuse me. He had his hand in the door, and I, like, grabbed it slowly to not be a dick. I said, excuse me. And he's like, fuck, excuse me, blah, 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 and fucking followed me back to the cooler. Followed me back to the cooler the whole time he's in my ear barking and, like, grabbing at my hoodie and shit, and I'm like, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just, I didn't say anything. I was ignoring him. It was driving him nuts. So uh finally went up, and I paid for shit, and the girl behind the counter was like, Big, give me big eyes because I'm a regular at that speedway. They know me. Give me big eyes, and I, I just went like that. You know, don't don't worry about it. And I turned around and I walked out the door, and he shoved me. Charming. Well, when he shoved me, I spun around and smacked him upside the head with my big ass mitt and bounced his head off the door frame. What is the five fingers? <laughs> Say to the face. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I got in my car and I left. I don't blame you. And I had to go to Seven Eleven, and he followed me. And I just went into 7-Eleven, and I told the guy, I'm like, you're going to want, you know, when I was in 7-Eleven, because he was outside yelling at me through the window. I told the uh, cashier, I'm like, you're going to want to call the police. I'm not walking outside until the police are here. You got to call Sting and Andy Summers. <laughs> and they showed up, because the girl at Speedway called. So they showed up just a few minutes later. So he's outside yelling at me through the glass, and the police show up. And I'm not doing shit. I'm in the store buying stuff, you know, whatever. Right. So they're dealing with him. I walked outside, got in my car, and I left. <laughs> Do you know if he got, uh, no got the free car ride? I have no idea. I left. I was like, I'm fucking out of here. He could have talked himself into a free car ride. <laughs> yes, yeah, he I could have talked him into a free car ride, but I didn't, you know, I was like, you know, whatever. I, I didn't, you know, hey, that's self-defense. You could have possibly officers talked yourself usually, into a free car ride. Yeah, officers yeah. are usually willing to comply if you, oh. if you want the car ride. Oh, right. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I get, I, I'm very good at not getting the car ride. Smart I know man. how to talk to a police officer. Usually yes, sir. No, sir. Oh, yeah. I give my side of the story. Like, I was at uh, Micro Center a couple years. My wife was pregnant with my second child. And uh, seven months pregnant. I remember when you were telling me about this. <laughs> I'm, in my, I'm going to Micro Center, right? I'm carrying my three-year-old daughter at the time. I had to think how old she was. She's wearing a freaking, um, uh, what is that, uh, Snow White dress. Blonde girl, you know, my yeah, right. long blonde hair. She's wearing a snow white dress. Little kids <laughs> do that. Right. That's fine. I'm carrying her into the store. And I go to get to the door, and there's like these, there's these like uh, pillars right in front of the door. Well, you got to walk between it. Well, I walked between there, and the guy, this guy bumps into me. And I'm like, I turn around, I'm like, you need to watch where you're going. Because I'm. You're not a small dude. I'm like that, though, but I'm right. like that. Like, you need to watch where you're going. Like, right. come, come on, man. Like, give me the right of fucking way. I got a kid in my arms. And I, it's not that I was power tripping or nothing. It was just, I'm like, you know what? He's like, you need to watch where the fuck you're going. He's just like five foot five, little, like, I don't know. He's Indian or whatever he was, Pakistani or whatever. But he's like, yeah, you need to watch where the fuck you're I'm like, you need to watch your mouth, man. I got a little kid in my arms. He's like, fuck you, motherfucker. Blah, 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 blah. And my See, wife, I turn around and I help. hand my daughter to my wife. <laughs> that's and I turned around, and I gave him a left arm stiff arm, and he went sliding into a bunch. Like, they had a rack there, and he just goes slamming into the rack. His buddy goes like this, and I grabbed him and pulled him down. I'm like, you want some of this, too? And he's like, 
Well, I got up. I walked. I grabbed my daughter. I went and did my shopping. And my wife's like, we got to go. I'm like, we're not going anywhere. Uh, this guy's yelling at me through the store. I'm, he called 911. He's like, this motherfucker, blah, 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 blah. And so seven, seven fucking cop cars showed up. Yeah. Because he's yelling, this big motherfucker, blah, 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 on the phone. And it's like, so seven cops show up. That's, yeah. And I made my purchase and was waiting in the store for the police to show up because I didn't want anybody having my license plate. I didn't want to get in my car right. and have the identification, you know, because right. I don't want my license plate there. So the police show up. They walk in. I hand my wife the hard drive I just purchased. <laughs> <laughs> I walk up to the cop. I'm like, I guess you're here for me. Hit me in the face. The guy's like, the cop's like, so what happened? And I told him my story. He goes, well, that's not the story we're getting. I'm like, well, isn't that always the case? <laughs> right. And that was like, they were like, they just shut it down. I'm like, I'm just telling you my story, man. You know, that's, and, and I'm like, it, so the guy's like, the cop's like, can, he looks at the other guy. He goes, can we just shake hands and agree to disagree or whatever? Right. And the guy's like, I'm not shaking his hand. <laughs> and okay. I, I had my hand out, and the cop's like, um, remember the case of the kayaker that was rowing down the river, dropping the F-bomb in front of women and children? Oh, the, oh yeah. The cussing canoeist. Yeah. And the, the, cussing the guy, the guy put his hand out to shake my right. hand because that was all I cop had to say. I'm like, have a good night. And I left, and the cop was still talking to the guy. When I left, I walk outside. There's like two more cop cars out there. We just stroll the car and leave. So the <laughs> my first job out of law school was a clerk how not to go to jail <laughs> yeah well i'm uh, so i'm a clerk and i I'm committed gonna... assault and i didn't go to jail <laughs> well, twice well, folks when when you're the calm one the police generally tend to believe you right and they have yeah. reasons to yep so the first job out of law school was a clerk and i'm two weeks on the job and this lawyer shows up in my office and goes so when's my trial and I go, what now? Who I, I don't know what you're talking about. He goes, yeah, my trial was scheduled for today. I'm like, well, no, there's a trial going on, so no trial for you today. He goes, well, I've got a letter. I'm like, I, I didn't send you that letter, pal. So he, he leaves, comes back about a half hour later. He goes, so when's my trial going to happen? I said, we've had this conversation. I, I don't really know who you are. I can't really help you. Let me talk to the judge. That's not going to happen either. You People just don't get to talk to judges. No. You just may be like, hey, can I talk to you, Mr. Judge? No, no that's not how it works. <laughs> no. They tend to value their time. Yeah. Yes. So access. So I leave my office and I have to go do something in the courthouse. That's a goofy type of person, by the way, to be a judge. They're, oh, they're weird. Judges are weird. Hey. Some of them are really cool. I got, I got a judge no, in the family. Cool. <laughs> I'm not saying they're not cool. I'm just saying they're, they're, they're their own breed. They're used to being deferred to. Yeah, right. So this lawyer comes back into my office and he manages, manages to catch the judge and convince him that he's got a witness that he's flown in that he needs to get testimony on the record. So the judge says, fine. Right. It'll, how long should it take? About half an hour. We can do that. I'll fit you in. So I call. The judge says, set it up. Call the case. It's the dissolution of a church, of an Ethiopian, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church of Detroit. There's one of them. They're breaking up. It's got about 36 members. They're suing each other over the building fund because they don't have a building. They were in a school or storefront or wherever. So this lawyer calls his witness. Is that like what to do with the money from the pancake breakfast? Yes, that's yeah, exactly right. what Yeah. So it happens. The first witness called, and this is a bench trial now. This right, is a bench right, trial. Right. So the judge is going to make the decision on all of this. First witness, door opens. It's the bishop of the Amharic church. And he's in full vestments, and he's carrying this giant fucking crucifix. <laughs> they let him in the courthouse with that? Yes. because really? he's What year he's, was this? This was 2007. 
Fucking really? What yeah. courthouse was this? Oakland County. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so he also this this Amharic priest doesn't speak a word of English. So we're supposed to take testimony from a guy who is nonverbal in English. I mean, and, and no how translator. Do, how do you get it? How do you get? So we snag one of the people because the, 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 the courtroom is filled with the church. Right. All the members of the church are there now. For a half so, hour. Yeah. So we snag one of them, swear him in as a translator, and throw him in the witness box next to the priest. First question out of this lawyer's mouth. And this is a contract case, division of property. First question, did you have an illicit sexual relationship with a member of the church? All hell breaks loose. Wow. Ah. <laughs> uh, wow. That's a badass lawyer right there. That's pretty funny that's a, shit. That's, well, the judge, the Not judge was an old Marine. Bam. Wow. The judge was an old Marine, yeah. a corpsman wow. in, in the Korean War. Great. Pulling bodies off the yeah. front line. Yeah. No toleration for bullshit. Oh, no. So he's, he, judge goes, ape shit. This is not going to happen. He's pissed. He walks off the bench. Wow. So he walks off the bench, and he's and uh, they're all looking at me like, now what? <laughs> I've been here two weeks, pal. Shit's done, dude. <laughs> Shit's done. Yeah, get the yeah, fuck yeah, out. Yeah. That means get the fuck out. The judge is gone. That means you got to go. <laughs> right. See you later. I'm going back in my office. Yeah, where's the bailiff? You know. So I go back, and I talk to the judge, and he's like, we're going to get through this, but we're going to get through this at my pace. So we go back in. He reads everybody the riot act. We get the testimony of this priest. Right. So you can tell there's tension in this room because right. th- this lawyer is going for the blood and, you know, right, yeah. you're, 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 your guy is a rapist. Right. He cosbeat someone. So. Better than a Jared, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. So. Allegedly. So the judge, we take this testimony. Judge goes off the bench. I go into my office and there's a monitor. It's a TV monitor in my office where I can mm. watch the courtroom so I know what's going on. So I can hear these two lawyers going at each other. No, 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 no. And it's getting louder and louder. And then I hear, "Get your hands off me, man." Oh boy. And I'm like, "Oh shit." I pick up the phone, 911. Goes yeah. to the basement, the deputies. Right. I I got a fight in the courtroom. Run back <laughs> into the courtroom. There's pushing and shoving and yelling and screaming in about 2 minutes. I got six Oakland County deputies oh, tearing yeah. through these doors. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> Everything stops, mm. and everyone in the courtroom turns and looks at me. <laughs> like, you gave me no choice, kids. Yeah. No choice. Yeah. Deputy goes, what's going on? I said, I don't know what's going on. I just want them out of the building. So it starts up again. They all start, they did this, they did that. And the, and the deputies look at them and go, your choices, you have two choices jail or outside and they start going at the officer about who did what and the officer goes that wasn't a choice You're- yeah they tend to like be like okay that's your choice you're going <laughs> yeah, to jail yeah, exactly right, right, right. I, I said it once <laughs> i gave you your two choices yeah. he's talking to him like they're four years yeah. old you can either well, eat the peanut butter sandwich or you can go take a nap yeah right for for a couple of days yes and then you got to see a judge <laughs> and you're probably contempt of court at this point right <laughs> Well, I've been given that uh, similar choice. <laughs> what, a nap or a peanut butter jelly sandwich? No, no, the uh, jail or, and I was like, the other. <laughs> was, mine was jail I or pick, hospital. I'll I was leave. like, I'll go to the hospital. And that's yeah. the last thing I said to the cops. As, <laughs> as the guy who wa- talked to the guy through the glass on the phone, yeah. and when they talked to me about the cockroaches in their cell, I'm telling you, 
always take the non-jail option. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I do. Uh, I work on um, the video conferencing systems for the. Uh, what do you call it? The, when they call into the video conference into the um, jailhouse. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the judge doesn't. Like, yeah, you don't have to. Livonia. Right. They, they don't. They don't bring them over. They don't no. transport them from jail. Oakland County they, does that too. Yeah, they Detroit do a, does that. Skype in. Uh, no, it's it's a, it's a, a private phone. It's a, right. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, video conferencing. It's you know. closed caption TV. Or something. Yeah, yeah. The judge isn't even wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I've I've been in the courtroom when that shit. I've happened. seen judges. You know, you want judges in pants. I <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's one lady that kind of cracked me up. I was sitting in this courtroom working on the video conferencing system, but she was actually in the court. This lady was in the courtroom, and the judge was still doing trials with me in the room working on this shit. And uh, so I just got to sit at the computer right there. And um, this girl brought her daughter to, oh. yeah, to court. And the first thing the judge said is, what makes you think I'm going to be lenient because you brought your child? She Old says, trick. now you force me to call Child Protective Services. Judges seen it. Yeah, right. I, I have sat with clients and explained to them, wow. you can tell me That's whatever... Stupid. You can tell me whatever story you want to tell me, and I'll be more than happy to relay it to the judge. However, know that you want to meet the most cynical human beings on the planet. Oh, it's a judge. It's a judge. (laughs) It's a fucking judge. What what was that that uh, Lenny Bruce said that, like, judges are often more lenient than police because they they sort of see the outcome more. Yes. So they see all day long. It's judging and weighing, you know, I I am wise, therefore the scales. So uh, they're they're often more lenient than police because they see the end. All right. Today's show. We've been hyping it all week, at least on the internet. One of our most provocative endeavors to date as a show, as a network, Lucian Greaves from the Satanic Temple. You've seen him on CNN, heard him on NPR, Fox News with Megyn Kelly, Al Jazeera America, Vice.com, DailyDot.com, Salon.com, uh, here locally in the Detroit News and Free Press. He's, he's kind of the new face of the uh, the Satanist movement. Is that, is that what you yeah. want to call it? Yeah, that's what you would call it. It's no, LaVey is out, Mr. Greaves is in. Different it's, church. Yeah. Well, no, that that's just yeah. reading articles as far as just faces of the movement. And yeah. Did, did it make a faux pas already? No, it's oh, all right. That's you're good. But we're we're gonna be talking to him, Jay and Scott. You gentlemen set this. This all came about over the weekend. Uh, it's something we've always talked about, and yeah. Jay, Jay gets the A for effort. This, uh, should have bought some gold stars. How did it happen? <laughs> I just decided I thought it would be a really good idea to call him, and I hit him up on Facebook because I've known him since forever ago, and uh, I hit him up, and then uh, he said yes, and I thought who better to have him interview him than Scott? So I brought Scott in, and Scott. Brought me in. Brought you in, yeah. So, All right. Yeah. It was, uh, this is going to be hopefully a very interesting show, if not entertaining. <laughs> it's true to be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we just, we, we invite you to keep an open mind. Uh, we just, it's, we, uh, you hear us on the show, we're big uh, purveyors of personal liberty, so to speak, of everyone yep. having an equal time, equal forum. Does this so, mean fi- uh, Megan, fi- or Megan uh, Kelly for his next, your next guest? Is that that'd be that awesome. No, man. I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sure, <laughs> that was Please. that was embarrassing. That's a call. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it, she's a joke. That was a joke. You know, uh, like I can't I believe people buy that shit. Yeah, there's a. I, I showed. I played that video for you uh, last Which video? week. Um, 
with Lucian, Lucian uh, tearing her up on. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, she refused oh, to yeah, call the, him Lucian. She's call the him Fox Doug. Commentator. Or yeah, yeah. Or no, she in like the Devil Man. She's like the Devil Man and the thing with right. horns. She wouldn't actually refer to the yeah, statue she, as the Baphomet. She didn't take it. She didn't take it seriously no. at all. Well, it's easy. And she be, she was she abusing went, the idea that she was playing to a canned audience. And exactly. She was right. Trying to make it yeah. all look like that a was joke. very and, obvious. And she was. She was also. She went into the interview with her preconceptions and never dropped them. Like, right. She wasn't listening. No. To what he was saying, not, which is what not Chris like was saying, keep an open mind yeah. because uh, I'm not saying I'm an expert on it, but it's not what you think it is. It's not. If you read the Seven Tenants, uh, it seems pretty if forward all you know thinking. Is the name yeah. and you're turned off by it. It's not what you well, think. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's like you hear the word Satanist, and it's like, oh, that's bad. You know, it's like spider. You know, it's like just people. Print, you know, they, they centipede. Yeah, right. It makes you <laughs> makes you shudder. I mean, if you have any kind of like Christian upbringing at all, it's like it's like, oh, that's that's bad, you know. But if you really look into what they're doing, what they mean to do, uh, if you understand it, you understand it. If you don't get it, then hey, to, you just don't hey, get you know, it. To, to evangelicals, just the the, right. the the word is a barrier to entry. They're they're done there. Right, exactly. They're right, they're, they're like they're, You have no valid opinion. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right at on. that point, you have no valid opinion, and they. Yeah. they they don't care if uh, if you're being metaphorical, and they don't care if you're being literal. They're just you're, you're out. Yeah. You right. You know. Might there there well, is no pro, might as well be in the not, church of the sub. There's no pro Satan anything. Yeah, no. Them, no. I I I, I take <laughs> I take uh, as a subgenus minister. I take great offense to this notion that uh, that the satanic temple is making fun of religion because right. that's our job. Right. We know <laughs> yeah. we know exactly. when that's going down. <laughs> exactly. There. The, the the thing about it is that it's it's really it's it's sort of no joke. Uh, the, the Republicans, like the ones down in Florida that held the rally for prayer in school, they're used to playing to a sort of a canned audience, too. They're not used to people they don't like standing up and going, we're with you on something. Yeah. <laughs> that was very, uh, you know, I'd like to ask him about that because I thought that was, that was, uh, well, we should probably that was brilliant. Get a hold of him. Oh, well, yeah. Let's, let's. Hey, you ready? Let's yeah. hit, the, hit the button. Hello? Mr. Greaves, how are you? All right. How are you? Not too bad. It's a pleasure to have you on the air here it's jay uh scott and uh i'm chris i'm aaron uh, and i'm using a pseudonym thurgood marshall mathers because i'm a lawyer and i have uh interests to protect let's put it that way i understand i'd like to thank you for t- uh, taking some time uh, to chat with us i'd really appreciate it i know you, you you're busy talking to to real news organizations so i mean thanks for coming on our podcast we really appreciate you taking the time out my pleasure i enjoy the podcast much more because i usually have the opportunity to actually give answers there's been some interviews I've done with outlets like CNN, MSNBC, any of them, where I'll speak to them for 45 minutes to an hour, and then later on we laugh about how few words are actually used. Well, this is going to be sound bites or us if we have anything to do about it. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> right. We All plan right. on emulating MSNBC, by the way. No, that's you know sarcasm there. Yeah. Scott, yeah. you want to? Oh yeah. All right. Dude's uh, busy. Yes. Hey, hey, thanks, man. They asked me to come on and ask you some questions, um, and I thought uh, I would bring somebody with me uh, who actually so had... you brought your lawyer? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, brought, yeah I, brought I brought a lawyer. <laughs> you know? I am a lawyer. I, yes, I hold a yeah. bar card. Yeah, I, I, I brought a lawyer, but he, he specializes sort of uh, in, this, in the sort of uh, problems that you're going through right now. So uh, I'd like to start by saying, hey, bro, what it is. <laughs> And uh, thanks for being here. And, uh, you know, I heard about this when you first started getting it going. 
but the first big thing was the uh, was the rally down in Florida in, in January of thirteen. So yep. the, what we were talking about before we called you in was was the fact that uh, that that was such a sucker punch to the right because they're used to sort of taking that issue and running with it um, and not having anybody that they don't like also standing next to them saying, "Great, we want our kids to pray to Satan." Um, right. And that was the first time you started gaining some real national media attention with this. How? I mean, what was it like going down there as as like to start with uh and and just pushing a button like that out of nowhere well you know we, we thought about it in advance you can see that the uh the satanic temple has changed since then too you know the the rick scott rally was somewhat disingenuous as we were putting forward this idea that we were actually in support of rick scott in support of the senate bill he had put through that essentially allowed for prayer in school so you know that really was more of a prank and more of satire in a way but we uh we had this idea that uh that us doing this would provoke other people to do the same and initially we wanted to film these things and and put out like an activist type of film and say this is the satanic temple this is what the satanic temple does without putting too fine a point on the beliefs of the satanic temple I, I have a long history myself with with Satanism and, and concepts of modern Satanism but just the same I realized that there are there are many varying interpretations of Satanism and I thought that the one thing we could all get behind was this kind of idea of, of personal autonomy and, and rights just to exercise our beliefs as we see fit so for that purpose when uh, the Rick Scott rally comes about we didn't even have tenants up and we didn't even make it clear that we were atheistic you know non-theist uh, anti-supernaturalists or anything like that because I kind of felt like I could stay in the background you know that I wouldn't be recognized for who I am because this would be kind of small scale but the idea would take off with people and it could be structured somewhat like anonymous where there's this idea of the satanic temple and then when things like this came up issues like this encroachments of church and state people could take on the name of the satanic temple and act these things out it wasn't until later with the pink mass that it was too late for me those images came out and people started recognizing who I was and then we actually incorporated as a religious organization so then you know now there's that balance to be between having a uh, an organization that allows for the maximum autonomy within chapters but also has a certain amount of control so we don't have some fool completely ruining the the name or the branding or the label or discrediting the satanic temple from something that's completely out of line from what we believe right I, I, did you ever get did you ever get any actual response from the West Boros? I mean you you did bait the most famous wacko church in the in the country yeah you know they did uh, they did give give us the satisfaction of making one of their famous flyers um, that was aimed at us and they, they really love Twitter so they, they've always been happy to uh, express their outrage against us and, and engage in little flame wars on Twitter which is is just delightful to me you know and when Fred Phelps was dying uh, I got to deliver a pre eulogy um, you know essentially saying we'd be better off without him to vice which I can only hope I did read that. Uh, that was reached fantastic. that uh, frail 
the old man's eyes before he passed on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you, has the, the, the Westboro Baptist Church ever threatened any litigation against you? Because that's their main source of income is that they like to go into pl- places, provoke, not be allowed to, to put on a rally, and then they sue the municipality under First Amendment right, grounds. Right, and, and they, they've gone all the way to the Supreme Court right. and, and won, and, and, as well they should. You know, I mean, I would defend their right to free speech also. And for that reason, when I was in Boston after the marathon bombing and people were putting forward this petition saying that they wanted the government to intervene and and prevent the Westboro Baptists from arriving in Boston, I thought that that was wrong. You know, you can call it an abuse of free speech or whatever, but um, I would rather know the assholes for who they are than censor them. And I, I feel our response was better. We brought to them mockery, and we were even mocking that position they had brought to the Supreme Court, where they were saying that um, what they were putting forward were items of belief, and as such, their religious belief was inviolable, and they were free to believe as they they willed to believe. And with that in mind, we were saying that uh, we believed that our ritual in Mississippi, where I put my balls on his mother's grave, um, turned her into a lesbian in the afterlife, and being that our belief was inviolable regardless of what they said we were free to believe that they believe that she was a lesbian in the afterlife even though we don't believe in the supernatural and ourselves did not believe that she we had actually converted her into a lesbian in the afterlife right i mean do you find people actually get what you're doing or do they just look at blank give you a blank stare and move on or or worse yet scream at you you know i've, I've got to say um this hasn't been as predictable this whole the the arc of the satanic temple as predictable as i might have thought in the beginning especially when it was coming out that it was me you know that my image was on these things it felt like suicide to me because i thought we would never be embraced by secularist organizations or anything um at least not publicly that they would appreciate what we were doing they'd appreciate the questions that we were bringing into litigation but that we would be eternally demonized by everybody, even people who, uh, you know, actually disagree or, or did agree with us in the background. But um, this past year, however, I've done lectures nationwide for organizations such as American Atheists and other secular humanist groups and those kinds of things that have openly embraced our, our form of activism and have been very receptive to the idea of non-theistic religion. Because I, I don't go in there and, uh, and play the atheist card even to the atheist uh, crowds I speak to I don't uh, I don't give them the the benefit or the comfort of saying that I actually don't take this seriously as a religion I do I tell them I just don't feel that religion needs to be uh, it intertwined with superstition inextricably and uh, they seem to accept that and I'm really I'm really quite impressed with the the progress that's been made in the level of acceptance we have I just did a, a talk for the secular student Alliance in Columbus and when I I got there, I didn't even realize that I was the keynote, and I was just amazed at how many people had come to see me, and after I spoke, how, how often I was uh, besieged by a crowd of people who wanted autographs or to ask me questions or whatever else, so I, I really can't complain for the most part. When you, when you, when you say the, the church is anti-supernaturalistic, 
what exactly do you mean? Is it just pure atheism, or are you taking an agnostic position? Well, I mean, uh, atheism always has an element of agnosticism, I think. If you're thinking in truly scientific terms, everything is a matter of probability. And there's a nod to that even within our seven tenets when we say that, uh, you know, the, the written or spoken word uh, should never um, trump the you know, the, 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 uh, your conscientiousness and, and those types of things. It should always be open to revision, you know. You don't just etch things in stone and say it's, it's immovable. That's, that's antithetical, I think, to the satanic way of thinking and, and antithetical to the scientific way of thinking. So, sure, keep an open mind about everything, but demand evidence for, for everything as well. Always leave yourself open to revision on your thinking. How often do you actually get a Christian organization willing to actually have a discussion with you? Because a lot of the media I've seen with you, like that, uh, the Megyn Kelly interview, she was she was a condescending bitch, frankly. And I I, I know you're walking into that and gotta have to expect it. But had there, how many Christians are you finding are actually standing up and going, yes, he has a right to do this? You know, more than you would think. I I, well, more than I would have thought, but of course there there is that backlash especially in detroit right now just this infuriating ignorance and this refusal to learn what we're actually saying and you know we we get these people who don't understand what we're doing they really think it's strictly about uh it's strictly about being an atheist or secular activist and that the satanism part is just a provocation that it doesn't really mean anything to us it just it's just for the shock value and just a way to insult the christians or, or whatever else and that's not really the case and i think even seeing the disputes that happen like even in detroit i, I think should be an indication to people about how we can't back down on on having the right or ability to put uh, put our own values on these symbolic structures, you know, that we should be able to revise the narrative as we see fit that's been forced upon us in this culture from an early age. Um, I don't think there's any good to be gotten out of preserving the idea of Satan's minions on Earth, the satanic cult threats and that type of thing, because we see where that's that's that has led us. You know, you talk about early witch hunts, medieval witch hunts and things like that. Um, a lot of people don't realize we had a witch hunt within the United States within the 80s and 90s during what's called the satanic panic now, where, you know, you had this irresponsible therapy primarily for multiple personality disorder and on, people were going on, to not On Oprah repression. every other week, my parents threw me into a cobra pit. Right, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely no evidence for it whatsoever. But you find that people feel, and we get messages to this effect too, these bizarre messages where people will tell us that despite the fact that we think we're doing good and that we think we're uh, we're following the highest ideals with what we're doing it can't help but lead us to criminality to depravity and cruelty being that we invoke the name Satan and I, I feel like that's a very bizarre kind of superstitious mindset that people think the map is the territory it shows a very basic uh, lack of linguistic logic that I, th- I think is worth fighting for uh, due to some shoddy journalism that I've seen I've, I've noticed that people will sometimes get the name of your organization and the Church of Satan mixed up within the same article is that infuriating yeah. or what well you know it's funny is when we first popped onto the scene the church of satan was very vocally opposed you know whatever we did uh the new 
head of the Church of Satan would write some essay talking about how it's completely wrong and we're pseudo-Satanists and complete fakers making Satanism look like a, a bunch of foolishness and all these all this crap. I haven't seen much from him lately, but I feel like uh, we've made uh, we've made Satanism sexy again, and uh, <laughs> I, I feel like they must really be enjoying the runoff from that because people make that mistake all the time, and those assholes charge two hundred dollars per head and don't do anything. They just sell you a membership card for $200, and they've been essentially defunct for the last uh, 15 to 20 years just doing that. So I, I feel like they must be loving it because, I, we're, you know, we've really brought a revival into modern Satanism, I can say, in all humility. I mean, I'm, I'm really insulted by the notion that, that some people will say uh, that you guys are making fun of religion. Because as a, as a minister in the Church of the Subgenus, that's our job. And I see what you're doing, and it's, <laughs> right. it's clearly not. I, I, feel like, I feel like we're redeeming religion. Religion. Like I feel like there's going to be a certain point where this is what religion has to be, where people don't can't aren't going to be held to the obligation of pretending they believe shit that just isn't tenable in what we know about reality. You know that you can still probably be a Christian without believing in the second coming if you have this kind of generalized notion of of Christian ideals in the modern times in this idea of uh, of using the 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 crucifixion or, or whatever resonates with you as as kind of the narrative arc for your own life's works and goals without making a fool of yourself and, and falling into some apocalyptic theology. Well, well, as far as trying to push an agenda like a political agenda, is is Satan even a bit more powerful than you had thought it would be? I mean, d does the switch just shut off that fast? I mean, because sometimes it's people just can't even get through it, like in an interview. You see the interviews with you, and they just can't get past the S word. If you guys were called like right. the, fl the Fluffy Pancakes Foundation, <laughs> and you were pushing the... Uh, same, or if you were trying to get a, uh, you know, a statue, a privately funded statue of uh, Vishnu in Oklahoma City, do you think that there would have been this much outrage? Oh no, absolutely not. That's also what renders the question insensible when I do some of these uh, uh, secular conferences or whatever, and some people can't get past that, and they say, "Well, couldn't you just call it something else? You would, you would have much more of an audience if you could just call it something else." And I, I think, are you serious? We would have never gotten this far on this little uh, income and, and this few of people that we started with if, if we were anything else. It, it, you know, I mean, it's not, and like I said, it's not just for the shock. It's not just for the, uh, you know, just to rile people up and insult them. It means something to us in the metaphorical context. It really, you know, it, it sets the, the tone for everything we do. But also, I just feel we would have been completely ineffective in the way that uh, in, in cases like Oklahoma, you know, if it were anything other than a satanic monument, as you said, there wouldn't be that uproar. And in that case, the uproar is good. It really forces them to, uh, to consider the ramifications of what they're doing well, and to see if they really want to delineate what religions they'll accept and what they won't. And how can they do that in a constitutional context? You know, how can they do that and it be uh, federally sound? So I think it's all it's all good, and it couldn't be anything other than than Satanism. We're I think we're the really really the only ones who could be doing what we're doing. Well, underlying what you're doing, I think there's a question of equality because 
evangelical Christian Christianity for the past 115 years or so has done a bang-up job of marketing itself on the slimmest of theological uh, veracity. Um, so, ben, and when you stand up and you say, hey, we're completely different, we're challenging the very foundations of what you're talking about, and we want equal time, I think that freaks people out. And they just refuse well, to listen Well, not only that, that look, at the, look at the point in time in which we're doing this. They've opened so many doors that they thought only they could walk through that they've made it so fucking easy for us. I mean, look at uh, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and look at Hobby Lobby. Um, people question our sincerity and they question the legitimacy of, uh, of non-theistic religion. They, 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 question, they question everything about us. But if you look at, at a case like Hobby Lobby, you see that none of those questions were posed to Hobby Lobby. Like, if they're going to ask us, where exactly in your beliefs does it demand that a woman have the choice as to whether she has an abortion or not, I think we have a much stronger case when our tenants say the body is inviolable subject to one's own will alone than Hobby Lobby does trying to find scripture uh, justifying the idea that an employer shouldn't have to pay for contraceptives for their employees. You know, so, I mean, they were obviously trying to broaden their own rights without any thought as to who else that might work for in a pluralistic society where these things are broadly applied and can't be used in a discriminatory fashion. So it'll be really interesting to see how our Missouri lawsuit plays out. But if we're going to be rejected, and and I'm sorry for your listeners, we haven't actually talked about this yet, but in case anybody doesn't know, we're suing the state of Missouri, both a state suit and a federal suit, we're suing uh, against their abortion restrictions because a member of the Satanic Temple went in to terminate her pregnancy, and she was given this informed consent material that contains propaganda stating things of matters of religious opinion, such as that uh, life begins at conception, and that uh, aborting a fetus is is the death of a, a single uh, unique human being, and those types of things. And there's a 72-hour waiting period that goes with that informed consent material, in which the woman is supposed to consider those materials. As we find those materials scientifically unsound, um, we felt it violated our tenant that demands that we make our, our choices based on the best available scientific evidence and that the body is inviolable subject to one's own will alone, that this was her choice. So, um, you know, she she handed them a waiver that we had, when she went to Planned Parenthood, she handed them a waiver that uh, stated she was exempted from these informed consent materials in the 72-hour waiting period that's subsequent to it due to her religious beliefs. Um, she was denied, so we instantly filed suit against the governor and the attorney general of Missouri and then later followed up with the federal suit. Well, it's, what's, what's Boy, Planned Parenthood's in some shit right now. Well, <laughs> so you get, what's, once again, it's just when you get dogma involved with government, it right. just never, to me, that's just never a good thing ever. Actually, to clarify, uh, Planned Parenthood's not in for some shit because we didn't actually sue them. Right. Uh, Planned see. Parenthood okay. was only allowed to act as they as they responded because of the state laws. So we're oh, suing okay. the state. We're I, suing okay. the governor and the attorney general. How, how far in the litigation are they? I mean, have, have briefs been filed, or is just the complaint been filed? Well, uh, the state in the state case, they uh, put forward a motion to dismiss, which is pretty weak, and I don't think that'll go anywhere. The hearing is on either the 30th or the 31st, 
but uh, I'm very happy to hear from our lawyer that uh, the deposition of the woman who went for the uh, who went for the abortion, who we're calling Mary Doe, it's not her real name, but we're retaining her anonymity. He says the deposition for her went very well. So I, I have a, a high degree of confidence in this case. And since we got the case rolling, some very high-end uh, legal counsel has offered their assistance to our lawyer in uh, in helping cohere the arguments, helping uh, dig up precedent, adding their analysis. And they've, they've written up some very thoughtful emails that I'm always very interested to read. But one of these lawyers who's consulting us now has successfully argued cases in the Supreme Court. Uh, one of them is, is a top lawyer with Freedom From Religion Foundation. And, and they, they all feel we have a very strong, solid case here, and everybody's very enthusiastic about it. And that, uh, you know, in my experience, uh, lawyers are often reticent to show enthusiasm that they have a strong case, yes. whether they feel they have a strong case or not. So I really have a good feeling about the enthusiasm I'm seeing from the lawyers working on this one. Outstanding. Now, you, I've read your, some of your materials for the church, and it indicates that you believe that uh, Satan is basically a literary character. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, the Bible is pretty unclear as to who Satan is. You have him in the book of Job. He's in good standing in God's court. Um, God looks he's at in heaven. Says, in the book of Job, man. he's and hanging out in like, heaven. Yeah. And then Satan is saying, well, you know, he's good because he has it easy. Why don't we fuck with him? And God says, yeah, it sounds like a good idea. And they fuck around with him for a while and everybody has a good laugh. It's later on with uh, the New Testament, really, you get this uh, more coherent demonology where it's, it's Satan versus Jesus in the world. But, you know, it's just, it's just not a very, very convincing, uh, very coherent narrative. But later on, you get a uh, uh, like Milton, Paradise Lost, and, you know, you have Dante's Satan Inferno. becoming the, the rebel against tyranny. Well, you I know, mean, the idea of this divine autocrat and the, the rebel who stands up against him selflessly, even if it means uh, being expelled from heaven for eternity and that type of thing. So I think the much stronger character comes from uh, the literary romanticists who wrote about Satan, but it's still, I mean, even, even if you look at it from a literary point of view, it, it has such uh, strong connotations in our culture that it can't help but but resonate with you differently than most literary characters. The, it still has religious meaning. Right. I mean, in the Old Testament, Satan is hanging around with God in heaven before they started fucking with Job. And and it's not clear the the, the angel Lucifer. Well, I'm a yeah, I'm a reformed right. Catholic. <laughs> I got the knowledge. Well, he but the right. Satan, the word Satan actually just simply means adversary. He's like dare I say a lawyer. He's challenging God on the on the goodness of human beings. And it's been theology that's created it's been theology that's created this mythology around the character of Satan. It's I would argue that Satan, the modern understanding, owes more to literature than it does in fact to anything in the Bible. Oh, we acknowledge that. <laughs> you know, I mean most of yeah, most of what people think they know about uh, the idea of Satan does come from uh, from literary texts, anyways. You know, so outside of outside of Scripture, do you, do you a find lot of that stuff doesn't doesn't even exist, and it's hard to really uh, imagine that people understand the Bible thoroughly and can't see that there's this evolution of the idea of Satan that doesn't really make sense, or is at least entirely inconsistent. There's still debate amongst uh, biblical scholars as to whether in certain passages they're talking about a Satan, as you say, an adversary, meaning just any adversary in that situation, 
or if it's talking about Satan, as in Satan himself. And, and that's, just, that's just how tenuous this whole notion that there is a, a consistent narrative in the Bible really is. Do you find people actually know that history or that theology? Or are you finding yourself having to educate people as to actually the, the character of Satan? Yeah, do you have to explain this every time? If I bothered to explain it every time, I would have to explain it every time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll you'll notice now, now though, true. if you look at some of my more recent interviews, for for example, I was on uh, Mitch Album show in Detroit uh, not too terribly long ago, and he started out with some of those tired old questions. Well, t- why don't you tell me what what you believe and and you know and what the Satanic Temple is all about? And I actually opted to bypass the question because I knew the interview was going to be about 10 minutes, right? So there's no way you can sum it all up into a sentence and move on. So instead, I went straight for straight for the goal, you know, straight into the, the civil liberties aspect of it and really kind of brushed the question aside and said that, you know, in essence, it didn't matter what we believe. What we were doing was a lawful assembly and we have a freedom to believe as we will. People can look up the materials. I've written miles of text by now. I do do lectures across the nation. This is open and available to everyone, but I don't really need to justify myself when I'm trying to put together an event in a venue that I've paid for that's a ticketed event that nobody is being forced to come to, no public funds are being allocated to, and we frankly don't care if some asshole on the outside is offended that it's taking place. I, I heard the interview with Album, and he actually seemed pretty receptive to the idea that uh, what, what, what should anybody have a problem with the fact that you're having a public event and you're unveiling a statue that you guys paid, your own statue that you paid for uh, at your own uh, event that where you're selling tickets to get in. I mean, it's it's so the opposite of doing it in the public park that yeah, which is know. happening in Detroit. Well, uh, ima- imagine, this but I mean, like imagine, okay, if you're a Christian, like, and what they don't understand is like if you're if they were a Christian, you know, they're Christians, so they go to church. What happens if, like, you say you're going to protest every single one of their their masses or gatherings? I mean, how would a they lot feel of, about A lot that? of people you know, have suggested that. They said, why don't we protest uh, their Sunday Sunday service or something like that? I, I, I don't want to do that. That sends the wrong message. I don't give a shit if they congregate on Sunday. Let them. No, that's, you know, what, that's it, what I'm it, saying. Yeah, it makes brunch hour that much easier on me. You know, I'll sit right. and have a goddamn Bloody Mary. They can sit in prayer and get out of my way for their day. I, I don't care. You know, if they're if they're congregating in private and not bothering me, I just don't care. Right. They right. should pay us that same respect. It was like when uh, when RIFRA laws were being put into place, Religious Freedom Restoration Act, and everybody's talking about denying service to gays because a baker is going to have to make a gay cake and it's going to ruin his life. He's not right. going to be. He's not how am I going to explain this to my kids? <laughs> right. And people kept reaching out to us and they're saying, is there a way you can deny service to Christians? And I was saying, no, that's narrow thinking. That's something we'd never want to do. You know, right. we'll be business people. We'll take their money. Fuck right. them. You know, right. we're going to do this better. We're going to put forward our affirmative values. And now you see we're leveraging RIFRA argument for uh, reproductive rights. And that's what we're doing in Missouri right now. That's a RIFRA argument in the state case. We're using the state's own RIFRA law to leverage our, our case for uh, the reproductive rights. I think that's thinking about it in a better manner. We shouldn't worry about them 
and worry about how we can how we can mess with them or, or how we can limit their rights. Let's think about what we want to do to our benefit and how the laws that they put in forward to benefit them benefit us as well. I think that's really the uh, that's really the key to what we're doing. That's really what's made it that much more effective is that we haven't worried about them and we haven't tried to shut them down and we never will. Outstanding. No, right. I, I understand that. But I mean, like, I wish they had the, you know, I wish they would understand it the same way you do. Like, okay, we don't really, you know, we don't really believe in what you believe in, but you get to go to church whenever you want to. They're, and you're privately paid for private event. I mean, they're anti-Satan. Right. That's just... You know, it's ridiculous. They'll they'll say that they're they, they can uh, be anti-Satan. That's fine. They can be anti-Satan. Right. When they right. cross the line is when they say that this event needs to be shut down. Right. It becomes you know? a question and, of and power. Another place where they cross the line is you have this uh, uh, pastor in Detroit uh, spreading misinformation. He's he's giving the impression that this uh, this is a public this monument is going to be publicly placed. He's saying things like this is the last thing Detroit needs with all Detroit's problems. Which I think indicates that he's suggesting that we're receiving public funds because otherwise, why would it matter? You know, it's like any band coming through. When when right. when you complain that uh, Detroit doesn't need you know this this punk rock band coming through with all the problems it has or whatever, and and then we're getting threats of violence and he refuses to issue any statement about that he refuses to get to condemn the threats of violence that i feel he's helped provoke and manifest that's deplorable that's just disgusting well well one thing that i see of the highest order one one thing that i saw when when jex was on fox uh on the television was was once once he realized that the interviewers weren't immediately going to poo-poo after after everybody said the word satan three times then he just went straight into attacking your legitimacy as a religion so then it wasn't all about it was like you guys aren't real anyway i enjoyed it i'm sorry i enjoyed at the very end when he actually was able to bring it around to like something to do with racism like at the very yeah, end of that yeah interview. it made no sense whatsoever right. but a point i would have made she did a great job and, and there wasn't much time to make many points but even if everything he said was true even if we were congregating and we were going to mock re- religion we we're mocking christianity in in this event we're doing we have every right to do that. This shutting it down even then is entirely inappropriate. You can invite a bunch of comedians from Doug Stanhope to Eddie Izzard, and they can talk about what bullshit the Catholic Church is, and who's who has the right to shut them down at a ticketed event, you know? I mean, so for him to even attack the legitimacy in that context made no sense to me whatsoever. You're not doing it in a park. No, well, no. But, but it, are are you it, all coming to the event? Oh uh, yes. No, I will not. Right be. on. <laughs> I wish I could. I'll be honest. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it goes without incident, as as Mitch Album which wished us it should go down with no incident. But and we'll have security. But it, we're adding an, an extra layer of protection because uh, some of the religious maniacs were saying that they were threatening that they had purchased tickets and they were going to come in and they were going to cause some shit or whatever. So not only do we have a security check and all that, but we're actually going to have people sign over their souls to Satan before they enter. <laughs> nice. Outstanding. Outstanding. That, that's PsyOps 101 right there. That's right. beautiful. Do you, is right, it right. money? It, your money back if you don't uh, sign your soul to Satan? Or you yeah, just, I mean, whatever. Don't right. come in, you know. Right. Well, get, take it up with us later through Ticket Leap or whatever. Get get the refund on your ticket, but so, you're not coming in. You well, don't, let, get, let's you can't sign that. your soul to Satan. We've got suspicions. Yeah, let's plug. The, go ahead and uh, plug that, Doug. Uh, like, let us know. Um, I know you can't say where quite yet. Um, it, let us know, like, the dates and all that good happy horse shit about that. 
Uh, the 25th, which is Saturday. I've been on the road, so I don't know what day it is now, which but I know that's coming right up. And we tomorrow. have a, a great act, uh, Sadist, from Boston. They've been great supporters from day one. I'm, I'm in Boston. I know these guys, and they opened up for Marilyn Manson recently. And we have Wolf Eyes playing. And we I, have, I, I absolutely uh, love Wolf from, Eyes. Yeah, Wolf Eyes yeah, yeah. yeah. And we have Marilyn, uh, William Morrison from Skinny Puppy DJing. So it'll be a good time. Uh, how, how do we get tickets to this? You have to get them through Ticket Leap, and you have to get them through Advance. Since uh, three venues pulled out on us, we, uh, we're not selling at the door um, because we, we're only emailing people the location the day of, and even that's going to be an intermediary location. So you're telling <laughs> we're me... We're falling off to the actual... Like a 90s rave. Yeah, totally like but a 90s you're rave. Telling yeah, me it, but yeah, it has to be. In 2015... We have to keep, we have to keep the terrorists from coming through on their threats. Exactly. That's so... Ironic. Okay, so the the thing that's really sad about about some of the hullabaloo that's going on about the unveiling of the statue is that uh, is that even the even uh, probably all three of Jay's kids here understand that bronze does not burn and that you can't burn the statue <laughs> right. down, right. you know. Yeah. Um, so. How do you move that thing? Where is it now? Um, how are you going to get it in the building without, you know, news cameras? Uh, how uh, how's that work? Actually, moving the actual object because that's the thing that they're they're real mad about your statue and you know it's really big. It's that's really big, <laughs> and you got to get it there. It's nine feet tall. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's in a trailer now, you know, and it's so it's covered and it's crated, and um, I'd pay real money to see it driving down the, the highway uncovered. Is, is, en route with it now so he needs to i you know i don't even know how he moves the damn thing but it takes some equipment you know <laughs> and it weighs like it weighs over a ton and uh he's gonna bring it straight to the to the venue which people don't know what it is we've kept that entirely top secret so um i, I think it should get there and be placed in, in where it is without incident and then um after that, it's going to go into storage. I'm not even telling people what state it's going into storage. Right. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then we'll see what, what plays out, because we originally wanted it in Oklahoma next to a Ten Commandments monument there. And uh, the press, I, I got to say, they gave, us, uh, they gave us credit where it may or may not be due for the Supreme Court of Oklahoma finding the Ten Commandments monument there unconstitutional and saying that it needs to come down. Boom. The governor is taking a stand and saying that she's going to keep the Ten Commandments up. Awesome. So we'll wait to see what plays out in Oklahoma. If the governor manages to keep the Ten Commandments up and actually revise the state constitution, we'll uh, reassert our bid in Oklahoma. But if not, um, we're going to push that fight in Arkansas, where Arkansas is just now in the process of putting up a Ten Commandments monument in Little Rock. So the fight will go on, and it's relevant wherever. A lot of people have reached out to us asking if they can buy it or, or whatever. But uh, Baphomet has a mission, and that mission is yet to be seen through. And we feel that Baphomet will set a precedent, a major precedent somewhere, and is one for the history books and is certainly not re ready to retire yet. On the uh, stomach of Baphomet is uh, two snakes and a staff. Is there a particular meaning for you behind that, or? Yeah, it's the caduceus, which you know people people often recognize that as uh, the symbol 
on a lot of hospitals. Right. Um, but it's it's it actually stands for uh, reconciliation and negotiation, which fits in with the whole theme of Baphomet in general, with all the binary elements pointing above and below, part beast, part human. Right. Um, we have the the male and female characters on either side, and it's supposed to embody those opposites and stand as as a reconciliation of the opposites. And we feel that that message is even stronger when it's put next to the Ten Commandments because it's a ostensibly opposing view uh, next to that, next to those old archaic edicts. And, um, you know, the, the message really being that uh, there, there's room for those opposites and there's room that we can reconcile those and, and be better for it. So when you were first, the first idea first hit you, and the first idea first hit you, oh, Jesus <laughs> people. <laughs> when you first got the idea that you guys were going to put a monument somewhere, and you were doing your preliminary research on how do we put a monument up. Uh, did you find any evidence that other people around the country had been turned down, you know, uh, for uh, petitioning to get a monument up? Have there been uh, wacky, like a Buddha? Gr- yeah, wacky groups? No, has has anybody blocked a Buddha or a Vishnu anywhere? Or well, there was a. I don't know about. I don't know about monuments being turned down, but there was a precedent in uh, in I believe it was Bradford County, Florida, where there was a Ten Commandments monument up at a court house and uh, American atheists uh, offered a an atheist monument which you know atheism itself doesn't really have a, a great aesthetic yeah, right but, yeah, it's, I it's mean, just there's no there's sexy there's no pop Right. So they put up a, a granite bench with these kind of quotes etched into it, and the, and the bench has the functional purpose, which was kind of something that was in mind with Baphomet, because, you know, you can sit on Baphomet's <laughs> lap. I wanted some kind of functionality to it, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. But um, they, they won, American Atheists, and they have their, their monument there next to a Ten Commandments in Bradford County, and we don't see any reason why our monument shouldn't shouldn't have some placement as, as well but it was it's an interesting question as to what might have been turned down and we did a freedom of information act request first uh with the capital preservation commission in oklahoma related to all their communications and and discussions meetings powerpoints whatever they had related to our request the satanic temples request because they never replied and i'm convinced that they didn't reply to us in full it just seems remarkable to me that there was almost no interagency communication about this at all even given all the press it had gotten and essentially all they sent us were communications from citizens who were in uproar over the idea that a satanic monument could come to their to their their great capital and so uh after that request we filed a request with the governor's office a similar request and she didn't reply at all and you have this it's there's just a certain audacity in oklahoma where you know now you have the governor trying to rewrite the state constitution just to keep her preferred monument on public grounds and and, you know just this failure to reply to department of justice standards on a freedom of information act request so sometimes we're digging for this information they don't come through for us at all it's amazing to me sometimes how much uh freedom of information act requests are just flat out ignored and they gamble on you not getting a lawyer in fact we have uh, a few of those to follow up with and, and we will but um, 
in any case, to, to you know, that was kind of a belabored answer to say that I haven't gotten the information on what uh, monuments were turned down yet. Well, while I appreciate the American Atheist Monument, it's rather plain. It's kind of ugly. The, the cool thing about the Baphomet is it is really beautiful. It is beautiful. Of art. Yeah, it is beautiful. I, I mean, well, what's, what's also interesting about that is, is, the, is how people see it, you know? You hear, these, you hear people like you look at it and say, it's, it's beautiful, this is a great work of art. And I think a lot of people coming in without uh, a whole lot of cultural baggage to tell them otherwise will, will just see it as a beautiful work of art. And that's kind of something we were indicating by having the children looking up at Baphomet. You know, they're, they're looking up in, in purity, for lack of a better word. They, it's just an interesting, beautiful creature that they're seeing because their, their minds are clear of, of superstition and devoid of these this irrational background, this this fear mongering background, and then you hear these other people who look at it and they have all that kind of background. They have all those preconceptions, and they say it's hideous, it's demonic, it's monstrous, and there's absolutely no way that citizens should uh, should uh, tolerate this being on public property. And I think it's funny because I, I don't think they're just saying that. I think they actually see it that way, and and they're just primed to see it that way. They're conditioned to see it that way. It, I, I think if it was in a public park and uh, and had no connotation attached to it, and you brought your kids to see it, uh, or it was just sort of the thing that was there, everybody would think that it was totally awesome. What there'd be, oh, there'd yeah, be no yeah. way that you I wouldn't think, think that would it was totally on it. awesome. They'd run to it, you know, sit on it, and <laughs> while their parents are screaming desperately in the background, and tell them to stay away. And the man nailed to a cross is so much less unsettling, <laughs> you know. Um, so, what yeah, did you exactly. think of the uh, Catholic Register article? I mean, what, oh, the the piece today about the showdown and Motown and Motown yeah, yeah. showdown and Motown yeah well it was mostly accurate I was surprised right except there was right. one paragraph in there that was deeply offensive and misguided where they said we're not a religion because we don't believe in uh, we don't worship a god and, uh, Have they ever and met I, a I think they came right out and claimed that we we're only uh, we only do what we do to mock real religion or some damn thing like that yeah I I, I, I thought it was kind of a uh more educated write-up that I've read recently of any any other journalism because at least they had some yeah, history behind it. I just find it I, I just find it uh, infuriating when the oh. when the Catholics claim victimization from us. Sure, right. <laughs> well, they're they're Catholics, of course. You're going to claim victimization from somebody. Right. Hey, we're going to jump in real quick here and cut this one off because this went on a long time. There's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good info. One episode could not contain. Right. So tune in Monday, right? Yes, for Monday part for part two. Our conversation. Lucy and Greaves. Mind-numbing fun with Lucy and Greaves. Sounds like, a, sounds like a new podcast we should have yeah, here on the network. That would, that would be great. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net